From thezebrablog.com, welcome to Before and After, the Furniture Refinishing Podcast. I'm Lane Ball. But what specific things could someone do to make sure that, that people know in the community what they're doing uh, as a refinisher? So things like getting some leaflets made, inquiring about some local craft fairs. I know a lot of people do, you know, sell furniture and other handmade stuff at craft fairs. Um, any, you know, look out for any companies doing giveaways. So competitions that, you know, companies are doing. Maybe you could give a, you know, donate a coupon for, you know, £50 off piece of furniture or you know donate a small table that just kind of helps get your name out there you've got the refinishing part down and you love it but maybe you're struggling with how to get the word out about your business you've noticed other refinishers seem to have all cylinders running smoothly including the promotional part and you need a little help we believe today's podcast will prove insightful on many fronts as we're talking with alice from home with Allie. we'll get to learn more about alice and how she got into refinishing plus we'll discuss a few of her pieces and then we'll dive into that common question how to promote your business effectively stay tuned and enjoy hi alice it's really exciting to chat with you and highlight you on the zebra blog as our december 2019 feature how are you today hi thank you so much for having me yeah really good thank you yes well, I'm sure our listeners can hear the contrast between my southern accent from the States and your beautiful British accent oh, from no. the UK. Oh, gosh. I don't know about beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, with that said, you have to tell us where in the UK you live. Yep. So West Midlands. So it's quite, uh, it's about three hours northwest of London. That's probably the best way to describe it. Just outside Birmingham, which is the, you know, Birmingham, everyone knows Birmingham. So just outside Birmingham. Okay. So if I were looking at a map uh, of the UK, would that would be in the middle, if you would, in the middle of, of the Probably area? Not, not quite in the middle, just a bit below the middle, really. Now, what? tell us a little bit about, because, you know, uh, now I've only been to um, London. I flew in a number of years ago, uh, and I had a, an overnight layover, fortunately, so I was able to tour uh, parts of the city. But I wasn't able to, to go out into the countryside and I don't know, just when we see pictures and we, we see the beautiful uh, landscape and villages, it's just, uh, I think that's why so many people are fascinated with the UK. But are you, do you live more in the countryside? I'm in a city where I live, but there are, it's surrounded by countryside. So mm. a place it's like Shropshire, it's called. We go, mm -hmm. we're quite outdoorsy, so most weekends we've got a puppy as well. So we'll take the puppy on, on walks. We're like members of the National Trust, which is uh, kind of like an organisation uh, where they kind of look after all these big mansion houses surrounded by countryside. So mm -hmm. we're always going on these kind of walks in the beautiful, you know, fields and, you know, big lakes and stuff. So, yeah, we get we're quite lucky, actually. We live in the city, but we get to experience all of that those lovely walks as well. It sounds very inspirational. I'm sure you can get a lot of inspiration, e even with your furniture refinishing work from, from being outside. Now, how long have you lived there? My whole life. <laughs> yeah. Really? Okay, My so you're from... Life. Yeah, I've wow. always been here, yeah. Uh-huh. Have you ever uh, had the opportunity to come to the States? I haven't, no. I've never even been outside of Europe, sadly. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, well... yeah, I had my children quite young, so... You know, I've kind of been here, getting on with that, you know, like home, work, life. But I'd love yeah. to, I'd love to. We do have plans in the future to kind of travel, but 
we're um, we're we're doing up a property at the moment, ready to live in. So all the money's just going to what you can't think of anything else. You can't think of holidays or anything when you've got so much to pay for. No, I know. I understand that. Yeah. My my trip uh, to um, overseas. I've had a couple trips overseas, but those were before I got married. And yeah. uh, we often talk about uh, once our kids are raised and and yeah. out of the house, and we have opportunity to do that. We hope we can do that uh, certainly as a as a couple. Yeah, my wife has never yeah. been over there, <laughs> so yeah. I hope we can. Oh gosh, yeah. Now you you mentioned kids. How many kids do you have? Three. I've got three little ones. Well, little ones. Um, one, one's four and one's seven. Wow. Wow. So yeah. you, so you got your furniture finishing business plus you're raising three children. You've got your hands Gosh, full. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to paint this morning and my one year old, he just climbs all over the table. He's just at the age where they're just into everything and they have to touch everything. So mm-hmm. it's really hard to get any painting done with him around. So I'll usually get a lot done while he's down for his afternoon nap. <laughs> yeah, you have to really think through the the day's schedule. On a, yeah, yeah, massively, yeah, logistics of it all. It's uh, it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you what, your, your the work that you do is incredible. So you certainly know how to manage it well. <laughs> Thank you. The whole process. Well, do you have a creative background? Not, no, not at all. Um, I'm actually a nurse. I did mm. my degree when my uh, in the middle of so my youngest was three, um, and I got uh, I did my nursing degree. Uh, graduated when my second child was one, so I kind of had six weeks out of uni in the summer break while I was pregnant to give birth, and then went back into my third year of university to finish off my nursing degree. And graduated with an honours degree in nursing. So, yeah, mm. quite proud of that. Oh, wow. Congratulations. So, yeah, it, it wasn't always my background, but I did that. And, um, yeah, just got into painting on, my, on maternity leave, really, of my third child. Got really into it. Started doing things for the house, um, as you do. Getting things cheap at the charity shops. My mother-in-law took me around because you don't realise how expensive, you know, brand new furniture is for your house, mm-hmm. do you? Until you have to start buying it for yourself. And, um, you know, to furnish a whole house, you could be looking at thousands. So my mother-in-law took me around to the charity shops. I think we got a table and six chairs, a wardrobe, and like kind of like a, a sideboard dresser. It was for about £150 for all of all of that stuff. So she taught me how to paint. Um, and it's just been from then on, really. Just started doing things for the, for the house. Now you said, did you say your mum helped you, uh, got you into this? Mother-in-law. My mother-in-law, oh. my partner's mum. Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, very yeah, good. Yeah. She, so, she's always um, painted her furniture, so she, mm. she got me into it, gave me the bug for it, really. Was she painting using chalk paint? It wasn't chalk paint. I think it was acrylic paint that she used. Mm-hmm. She she did it like 20-odd years ago. She, she's been doing it for years and years and years. Um, white, white was her favorite color, so she liked nice, clean, <laughs> finished, you know, looks. The whole house mm-hmm. white, but it was beautiful. Uh, when she sold her house, um, the guy said, "I'll buy it, but only if you leave all the furniture." So she left really? all, of, all of the paint. Yeah, all of the painted furniture. I think that was the game changer for him. So, yeah, she she's done really well. She she loves doing things for her house. So she got me into it really. So, about how long then have you been refinishing? Um, about about two years now. Wow, and and uh, yeah. you have you've turned out a lot of work in in a course of two years. I have, I have. It, it's amazing. How, how much, you know, I counted it all up for, I think it was 2018, 
or 2009 yeah 2018 sorry I counted all the pieces that I'd done and I can't remember the figure now but I was quite amazed it's only until you look back Mm -hmm. and you're like wow I've done a lot. <laughs> well, I think that is just reflective of the of the fact that you enjoy it. You know that uh, yeah. when you look yeah. back to see how much you've accomplished, you're amazed yeah. at how much you've you've accomplished, yeah. and certainly you get probably lost in in the excitement and energy of yeah. what you're doing. With that, let me ask you what what excites you about furniture refinishing? Oh gosh, um, I like it when people contact me after. Uh, you know asking for a specific thing and you know you can hunt for you know days weeks you trail through thousands of pieces online to find them a piece and then you finally find them something because a lot of people are really specific about what they need in terms of sizes styles where the piece is for it can't be this you know it can't be like this but it has to be like this and you know and you finally find them something and finish it that's what I absolutely love and you know it can be done it's hard but it can be done and people do really appreciate that. You know, you go the extra mile mm-hmm. for them. They do appreciate that. Wow. So they so so somebody comes to you with a lot of parameters and then you go yeah. through the process of hunting the right piece and probably staying in touch with them as you find pieces to see which one is, is most suitable yeah. for them. Yeah. yeah. What's the most common place that you've found your pieces? Is it through individuals, through in the internet or like how what's that process like for you? Yeah, I would I would probably say the internet. You've got a lot more choice on the internet. You know, you can you can search at ten o'clock at night whilst you're sitting in bed, which is what I have to do a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, constantly, constantly looking for new pieces. As as like I said before, a lot of people ask me for specific things, and sometimes it does take me weeks. So you have to be on top of it all the time. You have to be searching through these. You know, Facebook Marketplace is a good one because it is a lot of individual sellers. They're not trade sellers. Um, you can sometimes find, you know, little beauties on there. eBay, it's it's a lot more trade sellers, but you've got a lot more choice on there. Um, I, antique shops, I do go to antique shops sometimes, but obviously, as you know, the, the prices are probably just a lot higher. Mm-hmm. They are a lot higher at uh, at these antique shops. So you know, you just got to be selective with what with what you buy on eBay and Facebook, and that's a big part of it. Is choosing the pieces that don't require tons and tons of work where you spend days fixing them you know putting new feet on new hinges handles you know all of this kind of stuff it's all eating into your time so and you know you start to resent the piece then so I do try and be really selective with what I buy and I've learned Mm -hmm. this the hard way you know only buying really quality pieces that you know you can you can at the end of the day sell for more you pay more for them to begin with but you know once they're finished they look amazing you can sell them more because you can you know buy a piece of furniture that's a bit shabby you can make it look better with paint but how much better is it actually going to look at the end of it if it's a shabby piece to begin with it's it's always going to be shabby so I do stay try and stay as close to quality pieces as I can and that's a tip I'd give to everyone only work on pieces that are really good and that you you know you're really interested in definitely well, there is so much to consider in there yeah. when you think about the process. And, you know, I suppose in many cases you find a piece that, uh, you know, inspires you. But then when you start looking at the structural condition and yeah. how much time it would take to get it to where it needs to be, you know, un- unless you've got somebody else working with you who can handle the structural part, you have yeah. to, it, because it is all about time, isn't it? With that, what is the hardest part of refinishing for you? Can I say more than one? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there there <laughs> no. is more than one. I'll just I'll have you know there is there is a few a few good points. <laughs> I'm joking. No, well, you you probably guessed the sanding. Everyone hates sanding. Yeah. Yes, you're right. You That's know, a common all, one. Yeah, I can imagine. It's all the preparation. I, I say this, but you know, it's just a process that has to be done. You have to do the sanding. You have to clean it thoroughly. I don't know whether you've, you've yourself ever cleaned an antique piece of furniture with like TSP or sugar soap, but the, the, the cloth is like black at the end of it. You you look at a piece yeah. and it doesn't look that dirty, but it's the years of grease and like, you know, build up that just gets stuck onto it and if you try and sand that without cleaning all that gets stuck on the sanding pad and the finish doesn't get sanded away you're literally just sanding dirt into the piece so that's another uh, good tip that I've learned over the you know over the couple of years that I've done it mm-hmm. the, other, the other thing is like we just spoke about problems with pieces and I've, I have learned this the hard way so things like broken hinges that has to be replaced, it, you look at it and you think, oh, that'll take me two minutes. And, you you know, you're there hours later because these antique hinges, they don't make them the same size and shape anymore. So you go to the hardware store and buy a replacement and it doesn't fit. So you'd have to cut the piece of trim down to fit it mm. or, you know, it, it's so much more complicated than what it looks in the first instance. So I do try and, you know, steer clear of any repairs like that. Another problem, the, the buy side is, is a hard, you know, it's, it's hard as I like I just said. You could be spending hours searching through eBay and, you know, Facebook for the piece. It's very time consuming, but, you know, it's all in the fun of it. You know, it's, it's exciting when you buy a new piece of furniture. I would imagine there's a level of excitement too, even with respect to the sanding. Just yeah. once you start getting down to the bare wood yeah. and you see the grain and you're like, yeah. oh my, this piece is absolutely stunning. Yeah, then that really definitely. motivates you. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. it, because sometimes I'll, I'll sand a piece with the whole intention to paint it a certain color. I, I plan them before I do them. And I sand it and I'm like, oh my gosh, this wood is gorgeous. I can't cover this up. So mm-hmm. I'll just, I'll leave it in the natural form. And I'm really into that this year. I've really, I've done quite a few pieces in raw wood or, you know, with a subtle, you know, kind of wash effect. And I absolutely love them. It's funny how trends change, isn't it? And how, how you know, one minute you love painted things and then you love wooden things. And then I'll probably go back to, you know, colours next year, painting things all different kind of colours. You never know. Yeah. It's it's a it's sort of a, a cycle as well, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Well, what percentage of your business is commission? You mentioned people contact you, give you some parameters, and you go out yeah. searching. Uh, is that most of your business? No, that's probably about thirty percent. Um, the other seventy percent mm-hmm. is literally just buy and sell. That's and it. do you have a shop? How do you sell your pieces? So, um, up until a couple of months ago, I was just purely selling online which I know it's quite hard for people because you're investing a lot of money in a piece of furniture that's going to sit in your home. And, you know, mm-hmm. without viewing it first, it can be really scary. I think I'd be quite nervous to buy something online. Um, so I always try and be as realistic as I can with photos and really, you know, really hot on that. I like to take lots of photos, different angles, inside the drawers, kind of, you know, all mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff. But a couple of months ago, I um, secured a booth in a local antique centre which is on four four or five floors, I think it's on. It's, it's, a, it's a big place in Bridge North, which is just kind of in the countryside outside, outside of my city. Um, mm-hmm. And I've just got a small booth there. And, there's, you know, I've got about 10 pieces there. Um, and that's really nice just to go in and restock it, you know, get kind of give everyone 
an idea of what painted furniture is like because a lot of pieces in this antique centre are all proper antiques, very expensive, mm-hmm. you know, very high end, they're gorgeous, but they're all like dark wood. So my booth is quite different to everyone else's, which is lovely. Well, well, it sounds very nice. Now, are you pretty yeah. pleased with um, with the uh, the sales that you've had there? Yeah, I mean, we've sold everything apart from two things. So I think it was last mm. week we had to go and just restock everything. So yeah, it's quite a busy, busy antique center. Wow, that's that's excellent. Now, but you also ship you ship pieces too, correct? Oh yeah, all over the UK and Ireland we've shipped to. I haven't shipped abroad yet. <laughs> I haven't tackled mm-hmm. that one yet. I do get a lot of people from America asking if I ship over there, and I would love to. I would love to. A lot of people from America like my things, but mm-hmm. it's just the cost. I think I got a quote before for a, a kind of like a glass cabinet, and it was about six hundred pound. Mm-hmm. So when you think of the price of the cabinet and the shipping, you know, it, it's a lot of money. So. I don't know, maybe in the future I'll try and find like a cheaper alternative to shipping yeah. to the USA. But yeah, I'd love to. But yeah, we ship all over to the UK, door-to-door service, um, which, yeah, is really good. Actually, I've got a few good couriers that I use um, over and over mm-hmm. again, which cover the UK. So that's really handy. Mm, that, that's excellent. Well, yeah, Alice, your work is exquisite. And I know our listeners will want to hear us talk about a few of your pieces and hear you discuss them. Yeah. Um, let's talk about three three of your pieces specifically. And the first one we'll discuss, you did, I believe, last year. It's a, a Victorian bookcase. And if you don't mind, describe it for our listeners, and then we can talk about the refinishing process you went through. Yep. So it's a typical Victorian bookcase. It's got two glazed doors on the top of the piece which open up onto three shelves. I think it was two or three shelves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got a the bottom of the piece with a, a lovely, lovely chunky drawer on the top with nice chunky handles and two cupboard doors on the bottom of the piece. And it was finished in Baybury by Fusion Mineral Paint. I'm sure the listeners will know what colour that is. It's a lovely, lovely mm-hmm. dark sage green. Um, and we kind of left the top of the base unit wooden for like a nice contrast. Um, and that that was a gorgeous piece. That was a really lovely piece. I'm, I was really happy with that. Was it in two pieces or two parts? Or was it yeah. all constructed as one large? Oh, so it was in yes. two pieces? Yeah, two pieces because it's a very tall piece. It was over two meters high. So it would have been mm-hmm. hard wow. to transport. A lot of these pieces come in, come in parts for transport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The feet on this piece it's really the whole piece is really beautiful especially it's fun when you look at an old piece like this and you can almost sort sort of look at it in segments you see it as a whole and how beautiful it works together but Mm. when you look at the top and the i think you said the the glazed glass to to the 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 base of the cabinet the the doors but then even down to the feet did you change anything you know i know you said you try to find pieces you don't have to do a lot of Mm. structural work but were these the original feet Yep, original feet. I didn't didn't do any structural work on that. Luckily, it was in beautiful condition. It was actually I went to I sent my partner to go and pick up a sideboard for me, which was in mm-hmm. Leicester, which is about an hour away from us. And I sent him to go and pick up the sideboard. You know, didn't check the measurements of this sideboard because you know who does that these days. Looked at the picture. Thought, yeah, that'll get in our car. It doesn't look that big. I think the photo is the photo is taken from you know a few feet away from the sideboard, so it made it look a lot smaller. He took mm-hmm. our car, which is kind of it's a family car, so you know it, it fits the three kids in. So it's a decent sized car. 
he got there, he rung me, he said, Alice, why did you not check the measurements of this? This is, this is never going to fit in our car, this sideboard, what have you done? I was like, Ricky, I'm so sorry. It was, it was a, you know, nearly two metres wide, this sideboard, and about 100 centimetres high. So, yeah, I've, I've, I've been, um, I was a bit silly then. So anyway, well, while he was trying to pick up this sideboard, the guy, just a private seller, he said, oh, I've got this bookcase if you want this. So, you know, Ricky said, yeah, yeah, we'll definitely have that. So sent the courier back a couple of days later and we, we got them both at the same time so it, it you know mm. it's a good job he did go you know it's yeah. a good job i sent him even though it was you know he couldn't get it in the car he still managed to get a bookcase for me which um which was this bookcase that we're talking about so everything happens for a reason doesn't it well it certainly paid off didn't it yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah how much work did you have to do um I, obviously, because it's painted, um, mm. I assume you just, was it, uh, was there another paint under it or was it, no, was it I just never, stained? No, I never buy anything that's already painted. I've done it before mm. and it just takes hours to get it off. And, you know, you're never mm-hmm. going to get a smooth finish like you do with, with raw wood. So I don't mm-hmm. buy painted things. Um, so this was just, um, you know, like a dark mahogany stain on. So we just give it a sand with a 120 grit all over we sanded off the top of the base unit a bit further just to reveal some the not you know the nice wood grain, and mm-hmm. we just gave that I think it was just a coat of clear varnish on the top of the base unit. So we sand it all, we prime it with um, a dark primer, kind of tinted to the same colour as the paint. Gave mm-hmm. it a few coats of fusion. Fusion covers really well, as the listeners mm-hmm. will know. They probably use a lot of it as well. It's really, really popular fusion. So. You know, it only takes a few coats of Fabry and then I've just used a clear varnish on the top of it and then you just, you know, just give the inside a good clean and a wax or wood oil is really nice to use on the insides of pieces just to shine it all up really. And the the hardware, was that original? Yep, that was completely original as well. I always just take the original hardware off. I always try and use the original hardware wherever possible just to keep the mm-hmm. authenticity of the the piece really just to kind of keep it in line with the with the antique piece so i just took those off gave them a good clean and polish i just used vinegar and bicarbonate of soda mm. give them a good scrub with a scouring pad and then they come up beautifully mm, wow um did this piece sell pretty quickly yeah sold within a few days actually sold really quickly <laughs> yeah really? <laughs> yeah uh, well, it's so much fun hearing about that piece. And yeah. and this next piece, uh, no less, will be interesting to hear about. Um, yeah. I think it as well was refinished last year. And I have to say, this piece is truly stunning mm. uh, in multiple ways. Uh, yeah. It's a huge sideboard painted in a beautiful green. If you would, describe it for our listeners as well, Alice. Yep. So it's a lovely, big, chunky sideboard. It's got lovely little Queen Anne legs, feet, sorry, lovely little Queen Anne feet. Um, two cupboards on either side of the piece, lovely curved serpentri- serpentine drawers at the top and then lovely um, gold handles as well. So it's painted in a dark green, Amsterdam green by Annie Sloan. Um, I use clear wax and dark wax on the top on top of the green and then the top is all sanded back to reveal a lovely light kind of oak colour on the top. So it's got a lovely contrast. Well, I have to ask you this as well with respect to the details of it. Yeah. Now, I don't know if this is lighting, and I know you mentioned a mm-hmm. couple different types of waxes, but yeah. it, it looks like the top 
is darker uh, and then lighter toward the bottom. Is that just a lighting effect or is that truly what you did? I think it's just the wax. I mean, when when you use wax, you know, it's kind of just go with the flow. There's no kind of, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know about other people. They're probably more, you know, more particular than me. I kind of just go with the flow. I put the wax in more places, you know, so you put a coat of the clear wax on first and then the dark wax just goes over the top. You kind of rub it in and you just let it do its thing it kind of grooves into the details of the mm-hmm. piece. It's more shadowed in other places. And I think that's what makes this piece look so lovely. Well, it's really, really beautiful. How did you decide on the color? Pinterest. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of Pinterest looking. I bought this piece. <laughs> I bought this piece. I think it was another eBay buy this was. So, you know, got it collected. Got it. I remember the day it was delivered. And I just, it was one of the bigger, it was when I started to buy bigger pieces of furniture. Um, so I, I remember it was in my kitchen, dino, it was delivered, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So looking on Pinterest, I thought, well, it's either going to be black, green, or blue. So I went to my Annie Sloan stockist that day, it was literally delivered, and I was so excited to do it. I went that day, looked at some colours, and I settled on Amsterdam green, Amsterdam green, I can't say it. And I remember just feeling really nervous, because I hadn't, I don't use a lot of colour, normally i normally go for a lot of neutrals but this i was really i was really nervous but i've seen some lovely photos on pinterest of this amsterdam green color so i was like i need to use it so i went for it and as soon as i started painting it i just absolutely loved it i think i got it finished that night Mm. ready to photograph the next morning i was so excited about it and it was up for sale for a couple of weeks and then one morning i took my children out to the park and it sold three times that morning on via like three different platforms. So it, it was a popular piece. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I would think this would be the type of piece that if somebody sp- saw it, especially in person yeah. and fell in love with it, they'd be willing to change. Like if they didn't have a room in their home yeah. that it <laughs> coordinated well with it, they'd be willing to change their room <laughs> colors because it is just, yeah. it is, it really is stunning. Yeah. It actually went to um, a lovely bar, a new bar that opened it was about an hour uh-huh. away from where we live. My partner actually delivered it himself because um, the guy was on a deadline. He said, you know, can we, can you get it to us within this time frame? So we said, yeah, that's fine. So he delivered it himself and he took it in. It was a lovely, lovely kind of uh, hip bar cafe kind of thing. And it was to, mm-hmm. there was a big coffee machine to sit on the top of the sideboard. So it was quite a focal point in the bar. So, yeah, I was really pleased with that, with where it was going to Oh, that's, that's pretty neat too, because that yeah. gives you the opportunity to go back and, and check it out, you know, yeah. uh, weeks and months down the road and, and yeah. uh, whereas you can't do that as well in, a, in somebody's home. <laughs> no, unfortunately oh. not. No, sometimes I get to, which is really fun. Yeah. Take my camera and take some nice photos. <laughs> well, this, as I said earlier, this piece is stunning. It'll go down in refinishing history. So nice work on that, <laughs> Alice, <you. laughs> for sure. Well, this last piece we'll discuss is what you call your favorite. Yeah. Uh, describe it for us and tell us why it's your favorite. So it's a lovely long nine drawer Hendry dresser. Um, mm-hmm. It's I bought it online again. Um, I didn't buy it specifically for anyone, but a couple that I'm working with, they're they're renovating their lovely Georgian house, beautiful house in in the countryside. Um, they were looking for a bathroom unit to put two of their sinks on to go in their master bathroom. So I bought this piece and I just had the photo of it on my phone and I said, what do you think of this? And they said, absolutely loved it. That's brilliant. We'll come and look at it when, you know, when you get it delivered. They fell in love with it. They wanted it for their bathroom unit. So I said, great, what colour do you want it? 
they wanted to keep it wooden, but they wanted it darker. So they wanted me mm-hmm. to sand it all back and then stain it in a dark mahogany stain. And I remember thinking at the time, it's lovely as it is, you know, what, I, I, you know, but if they, if they want it stained darker, they want it stained darker. And it wasn't until I looked at the before photos and the after photos together, you realise how different the stain, you know, the, the varnish before mm-hmm. was to the stain that I put on it. it. It made such a difference. Even, you know, the handles on it really shined up. I, I took them off, cleaned them. So I sanded it all back. Everything was sanded back to the raw wood and it was restained in a just a really dark mahogany stain. I think I had to put about four coats of stain on for it to really sink in. And I was just so happy with how it turned out. I'd never done that before. I'd never just sanded something back just to restain it. Um, and I never, I'd never, you know, I never really liked that look before. But after seeing theirs, I've absolutely fallen in love with it. And it's made me rethink my whole uh, house renovation because we're doing up a house ready to move into next year and we're mm-hmm. having some antique pieces in the house as well so it's really made me think that I want dark wood furniture in my house which I never thought I would say before but I think that it's all making a comeback now if you you know I've seen it all on Pinterest it's all over Pinterest lovely antique pieces in mm-hmm. kind of modern-ish homes and mm-hmm. they're really tying lovely together yeah it's a beautiful contrast isn't it yeah now the the motif that that is at the bottom of this dresser, did you sand all? Of, so you had to sand all of that as well. Yes. So the beauty of this job job was they wanted the piece sanded back in some areas more than others. So they mm. didn't want a completely you know fresh sanded, completely even finish because I was mm-hmm. going to get the piece sandblasted. I was going to take it to a company local to me and, mm-hmm. and just get it sandblasted. So it was all even. So it's a really neat piece, which is what I mm-hmm. initially thought they wanted. But they said, no, they want, you know, some areas darker than others. They want a bit of a contrast. They want, you know, something a bit different. So, you know, we did as much as we could but with the sander, leaving some areas darker than others when we were sanding the piece. And I just get a small piece of sandpaper and sand a lot by hand. So all those details that you just spoke about on the bottom, I just go over them by hand, but not mm. stressing too much about the finer mm-hmm. details because that's the look that they wanted, luckily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that, that makes sense now as you describe it because as uh, as our listeners will be able to see this as well, that motif, at least in the photograph, has a bit of a darker tone yeah. to it, but yeah. is which is really nice because it yeah. also contrasts with the, the, the main stain color or, or yeah. tone. But then there's some darker tones where the drawers are inset, and that's really yeah. beautiful how it just sort of yeah. uh, plays plays well together. Yeah, I was really happy with that page, really happy. And, you know, they, they haven't installed it yet in the house because the work's all going on, but hopefully next week it should be in. I am going to go around because I'm working at their house tomorrow, painting something else for them. So hopefully I'll have the finished photos to put on my um, Instagram once it's all installed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we look forward to seeing that. (laughs) Now, let me ask, because this piece you said is going into a bathroom where there'll be a lot more dampness, is there anything you do different to, to, you know, knowing it's going to be in a damp environment? Is there anything extra you do uh, beyond the other pieces? Yep. So I just put a lot more varnish on. Uh, You probably had about five coats of of like a tough uh, matte varnish. Yeah. And uh-huh. because it's matte, it doesn't give off a big sheen. It's just a nice, yeah. tough matte varnish. So, yeah, that should yeah. help protect it, definitely. Uh, that's a great tip because that, yeah. that uh, yeah, it is very well protected. But you, yeah. it doesn't have that heavy varnish look. It's just no, that, not like at you all. said. No, mm-hmm. 
Wow, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Well, there there are so many facets to the furniture refinishing business, and you certainly appear to do them all quite well. Today, however, oh. <laughs> we want to hear from you about how you promote your business effectively. Is there an area you struggle with early on with respect to promoting your business, uh, or do you just have a knack for promoting your business? Did that come natural for you, or oh, did you gosh, learn? No, no, not at all. I mean, if you look back, if you scroll right down, right down to the bottom of my Instagram, my photos were completely different to how they are now, as I'm sure everyone else is in the furniture industry. You know, you have to practice at these things and you have to really home in on what kind of style you want, you know, what kind of look you want to give out, mm-hmm. you know, your whole brand. You have, to, you have to practice and you need to give it a go first before you know what you want yourself, if you know what I mean. So, mm-hmm. you know, a uniformed Instagram feed is probably, you know, the most important thing that I've read and that I've found so far um and you know just just taking photos you know nicely investing in a good camera is what i found works really well for me what do you do with respect to instagram uh are you do you find yourself being really active beyond just posting your your photos to to grow your account i should be more i I think i've read before don't know if you've heard this either that you have to post four times a day in order Mm -hmm. for your followers to see you which i definitely don't um, I mean, it, it's it's really hard to keep up with Instagram. That they, they, they don't make it easy for business, businesses at all, do mm-hmm. they? Um, I mean, for me, I would just rather post content that's you know relatable to me and that I believe in, rather than just posting for the sake of it. And I'm sure a lot of other people would agree. Yeah, yeah, I think. Well, and as you said, you know, I think with most social media venues, they they are kind of um, they're ongoing in their and their developments and and their changes and their algorithms. And so I think that's an aspect of it that requires kind of a continued education in the process of learning what works and what doesn't work. And sometimes what worked last year doesn't necessarily work this year. Now you have a, um, a website, you have your Instagram account. Do you have any other social media venues? I use Pinterest. Um, again, that's just another time consuming thing. So I do try to use that as much as I can. You know, creating boards for, say, fusion mineral paint. I create boards for different colours. Um, it, it, it's really helpful to show customers when you're trying to choose a colour with them. So I'll just quickly refer back to my Pinterest board and just, you know, email them that board. And it's got all the colours. You know, say if I, if I made a board of pebble by fusion mineral paint, I'll post a lot of my mm-hmm. things on there and other people's to this board. So that's really helpful in, in business to for me just to do that. But in terms of my pieces, yeah, so I've got a business account with Pinterest, which you kind of just link up your website in, in details mm-hmm. and, you know, try and keep up to date with it as much as you can. So every time I'm, I'm on my phone, I think about Pinterest. So I'll pin a lot of my pieces and then it's good because you can see your statistics on there as well. So you can see how many people have looked at it, how many people have saved mm-hmm. it, how many people clicked on your website. And my website's really good. I've got the app on my phone. I've got a website with Wix. So, you know, when people are on your website, it'll tell you, oh, this person, it doesn't say the name, but it says, you know, you've got a visitor on your website now and it'll tell you the statistics of how many people have been on your website this week, whereabouts in the world are they from, you know, just to give you an idea. So analytics are really good in kind of assessing, you know, your business structure and, and what you need to improve on and what, you know, what helps and what doesn't help. It sounds like you've done a really good job of, 
of trying to figure out how to use these things effectively, not just to present your pieces, but just as you mentioned earlier, with respect to creating boards that you can utilize with your clients. Oh, gosh, yeah. Really helpful. Really helpful, yeah. Yeah, you have to um, you have to be so efficient because there are so many different opportunities to promote your business through these different venues. While it's you know you you talked about the ability to use social media as uh, many are doing through Pinterest and Instagram, of course having your website. But I'd like to also have you give us some information and tips on how to try to be, how to promote your business effectively locally as well. And I know social media has an impact on, on your local surroundings and, and where you live, but what specific things could someone do to make sure that, that people know in the community what they're doing uh, as a refinisher? Uh, what would you recommend that they consider doing there? So things like getting some leaflets made, inquiring about some local craft fairs. I know a lot of people do, you know, sell furniture and other handmade stuff at craft fairs. Um, any, you know, look out for any companies doing giveaways. So competitions mm. that, you know, companies are doing. Maybe you could give a, you know, donate a coupon for, you know, £50 off piece of furniture or you know donate a small table that just kind of helps get your name out there and you know network with people so go to different events you know with friends and family and just get talking meet people be interested in what they're doing you know talk about what you do you never know you know two years down the line that person might be moving home and needs you know needs a bit of furniture and thinks oh Mm -hmm. that person was lovely to me you know get business cards give them a business card you know, it might not help you right, you know, today in this day and age, but further down the line, a lot, a big thing for me as well is word of mouth. So I'll, you know, do furniture for one person, which has happened to me really recently. Someone random will contact me on my website and say, hi, so-and-so has recommended you, you did this for her. I'm looking for this. And it's actually bought me a lot of custom that way. It's been really helpful. So I just say, you know, customer service, try and do your best with customer service and just making sure you're giving out really quality pieces so that person will recommend you well that is really big isn't it word of mouth that's like the most powerful impactful way to market your your product uh, your business is through word of mouth because that's authentic testimony i really like what you said too about the opportunity to um, provide a coupon uh, to yeah. a to a you know, through uh, maybe it's through a fundraiser, but also and you mentioned this as well, and I think this is really effective is to donate a piece, maybe a smaller piece, or depending yeah. on maybe how, what you have and what you're able to do to donate a piece that is yeah. maybe also used as a for a charity or a fundraiser or something. I think that's yeah. that's really an effective way to to get the word out, and I think that that speaks volumes about who you are as a company or as a business yeah. that that goes a long way with, with a lot of folks, especially in the local communities. Yeah. Um, that's really good. Well, Alice, what, what is the biggest mistake you think most people make when it comes to promoting their refinishing business? I think definitely for me, I definitely felt this at the start. You, you kind of think, which is what it held me back a bit at the start. You think I'm not good enough to do this. I, I saw lots of other people mm. on Instagram, Pinterest, painting piece of furniture and I saw their the style and I think how the heck am I going to do pieces like that or you know my my pieces look nothing like that they look amazing I, you know I was scared to do a website I was scared to you know sell something on eBay I was really nervous and it, it they only overcome that 
once you start selling a few pieces and once you start getting good feedback people are just so nervous to put their things out there I do see this on Facebook you know in Facebook groups people say you know I really want to start selling but I don't know where to start and I'm, I'm you know I'm mm-hmm. nervous to put my things out there in case people don't like my style because everyone has different styles you know I, I see people on Facebook selling things lovely beautiful hand-painted things you know and they're nervous because it's their style and it's their and I totally get that when I paint something I'm like this is my thing you know I've done it will anyone like it do you, do you know what I mean well you know will mm-hmm. someone pay to have this in the house and I'm still amazed now that people you know pay me to paint their things for them it's it's mind-blowing so I can totally relate to people not wanting you know being nervous or mm-hmm. you know not want to put, wanting to put themselves out there because that was definitely me a couple of years ago 100 percent. well I guess it is the fear of failure isn't it yeah definitely yeah you don't you no one wants yeah. negative comments do they no one wants negative feedback and you know if you, if you don't put yourself out there you'll never get the negative feedback so you know you stay in your little safety net but you know you've, you've just got to go for it or you'll never know yeah, that's really good advice. And mm-hmm. and I think too, I don't know, I think just in, in having talked to so many refinishers and, and, and hearing from them that uh, like yourself, I think also, I think sometimes people feel a little bit guilty because they're, they're they have so much, I mean, it is hard work, mm-hmm. but they enjoy it. Yeah. And it's so rewarding that yeah. maybe they kind of feel like, well, should I really make money off yeah. of this? You know? <laughs> But that's, that's great. I mean, that's, that's neat that you have a job that you're good at, that you enjoy and that other people want to acquire these pieces. I mean, that's, that's uh, so rewarding. Well, Alice, I have really enjoyed our conversation, learning more about you and your refinishing business, as well as your insight into promoting your company. I, I don't think there's probably any better way for folks to learn about, uh, another business or another refinisher, uh, than by just hearing you talk about what you do and what works for you. Thank and I think that's so effective. And I, and I trust that many listeners will will glean from this and come away with some, some really good ideas on how to begin promoting themselves, maybe in ways that they had in the past. Uh, so, yeah. But what is the best way for listeners to reach you, Alice? Instagram, website, probably Instagram is the easiest. You know, you can see messages mm-hmm. very easily on there. So yeah, any, you know, any questions anyone has or you know, just hit me up on Instagram. And what is your Instagram account? It's just home with Ali, all one word. And Ali is A-L-L-Y, correct? Yep, yep that's it. Okay. Or homewithali.com. Yeah. Home I've got a website as well. Which I'll go on, yeah. Okay. And I know probably if they go to your Instagram account, they can probably link from there to your, your website, I would assume. Yes, yep, that's it. Very good. Well, thanks for taking the time to join us, Alice. We are eager to see your next projects for sure. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Well, you have a great day. Okay, lovely. Thank you so much, Lane. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Refinishing friends, we are more than excited to host our first annual Zebra Golden Brush Awards. This event provides the opportunity for furniture refinishers worldwide to participate by entering at least one of their pieces in each of the 10 categories established for the awards. What a great opportunity to be recognized by your peers and the public. Six well-known and highly respected refinishers will make up the judging panel. They will choose the top three finalists for each category and then the public will vote for their favorite. There will be great prizes for the finalists and the best of category winners. To learn more, you can go to thezebrablog.com 
make sure you spell zebra with an I so it's the zebrablog.com and click on the link that will take you to the official awards page. There you can also learn more and begin entering your beautiful pieces. We cannot wait. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Zebra Blogs Before and After Furniture Finishing Podcast. Today's episode is also featured on the zebrablog.com along with contact information for today's guest. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share those by clicking on the podcast slide in our header at thezebrablog.com. That's the zebra with an I.com. Thanks for listening and happy refinishing. Thank you.